This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 18th, 2022. Put it into practice. Look to the future. Let go of the past. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. It's good to be back after a eh, nice vacation. (laughs) We want to thank Bonnie and Stephanie for bringing the message uh, last two weeks. Message from the book of Philippians. You know, Bonnie shared from chapter one how God is good even when life isn't. And Stephanie shared from chapter two how we live in Christ, our ultimate example. And she used that phrase, go lower. Remember that? Go lower. Yeah. And so this morning we continue looking at the book of Philippians. uh, And uh, we're going to look at look to the future and let go of the past. So my name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the opportunity to share your word, Philippians chapter 3. Lord, I pray that our words would be exactly what you want us to say and that it would land in the hearts the way that I know your Holy Spirit just does this awesome stuff when we hear your word. So... We're trusting you in all this, and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I do want to say good morning to all of our online uh, church family. Hello. Hello, Lorraine. She's our online engagement host, um, and we're so glad that you are with us. One church, many locations. Well, as Bonnie and Stephanie previously shared, the book of Philippians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church. It would be like somebody writing Connection Church a letter. The church was located in Philippi, which is a major city in northeast Greece. Paul founded this faith community, and uh, most likely it happened in 4950 AD. That's after the birth of Christ. And Paul went on several missionary journeys. It's like we go on one missionary journey to India, then the next one, then the next one. But this was his second missionary journey. And he went, he had buddies with him, Silas and Timothy, maybe Luke. That's pretty cool. We're studying Luke and disciple. And it's believed that Paul um, preached for the first time um, on European soil to this church of Philippi. And so According to the New Testament, Paul visited this city on two other occasions. So he loved this church. He had a relationship with this church. He, I mean, the Holy Spirit birthed the church, but he was the the one that followed God to make it happen. Mm. And so Paul begins here in chapter 3, chapter 3, 1. This is the English Standard Version. Uh, He says, or he actually he writes, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. In other words, what he's saying here, when it's all said and done, after everything else, in the end, rejoice. Say the word rejoice. 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 That means to uh, feel great, to show, show joy, show delight, rejoice. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't rejoice enough. I don't. I mean, 
I don't feel that great tonight. I mean, sometimes, but it's not often enough. I don't celebrate enough. You know, we don't celebrate enough, I don't think. And, and we don't have enough celebrations. And why should we be celebrating? Well, the basic reason is this, because Jesus Christ has given his life for you and me. You know, just waking up in the morning and knowing that is reason to celebrate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing in this world that should be able to take that joy away from us. Celebrate our salvation. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in Paul's writing, he says something, and then he says it again. Have you ever, like, said something and thought, maybe they didn't quite catch it, so you have to repeat yourself? He hates that when I do this. Anyway, he doesn't mind telling them the same things over again. It's kind of like, okay, this is really, really important. And apparently he's written to them before, and he's telling them this again to make sure they get it. Here we go, Philippians chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. Kind of interesting what he says. <laughs> Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, uh-oh, what is that about? Who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. And so he goes from rejoice <coughs> to look out for the dogs. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Look out for the dogs. According to... Bible scholar William Barclay, Paul's telling them to be on guard against the Jewish teachers. Those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's basically telling them to watch out for those who are like he used to be. Caught up in the law. Focused on the rules and regs. Thinking salvation comes from earning uh, uh, credit in sight of the Lord. It's like there's a big tote board and you get the points, you know, as you do good things, as you uh, uh, fulfill certain obligations. These Jewish leaders believe that salvation belonged to the Jews and no one else. And in order for someone outside to be saved, then they would have to, so to speak, become a Jew. And for the men, that would be to become circumcised because that was the mark for the men anyway. Of, of, of being in the faith there. And, and, and he looks, looks and says to those, uh, he talks about this, he says, uh, talks of it as mutilating the flesh. That's where that mutilate the flesh comes from. And it's not the circumcision of the flesh that is important, but the circumcision of the heart, Paul says, that, that forms a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then he says, we are the circumcision. We are... I, I, I skipped a page, didn't I? I don't know. I'm just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I, I skipped a page. Let me go you back. You should be on page three. Uh, yeah, I, I was at the bottom there. I'm right. Uh, I'm, I'm right here? Right. Okay. Um, I, I got it. A little confused here. We're the circumcision. He says, and it's an odd thing to say. We are the circumcision, isn't it? Doesn't that sound odd? We are the circumcision. Um, the Jew Jews believe that, 
that uh, the circumcision made you a believer rather than that free grace that Jesus Christ offers. So, so we are the circumcision, we who worship the Spirit of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. It is the circumcision of the heart that counts when it comes to salvation. Uh, they, they were focused on uh, what we do on the flesh that brings salvation, while Paul was focusing on the relationship that Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ that brings salvation. I was just thinking about this, because this whole thing is a little bit like, hmm, what is this? And it's, there's <clears throat> all kinds of outward stuff that people see, but what's important is kind of the character who we are inside, who we are when people aren't looking. And I think that's what Paul is speaking to. I have I had a thing in the front of my Bible for a long time about circumcise my heart, oh God. And so it's really kind of powerful when you lean in with somebody for a while. But speaking of flesh... Paul says that if anyone has confidence in that approach to salvation, like the external visible stuff, thinking that it can be earned, our salvation by you know, who we are or what we've done, he would be a winner. He would have it all. And then Paul goes on to tell us what that would look like. He gives an accounting. He says he was circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, that's who he's from, um, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Mm -hmm. So if we were going to compare who we are and what we've accomplished with what Paul was and what he had accomplished... Paul has a lot going for him. That's what he's saying here. I've, I've done a lot under the, under the old rules, so to speak. But as he points out, whatever gain he had from that, he counts as loss for the sake of Christ. Here's what he says, uh, chapter 3, verse 8 through 11. For his sake, for Christ's sake, uh, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know, and the power of his, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So Paul reiterates all that he's done, all of his good works, they really mean nothing. He counts them, as he says, rubbish, trash. Throw it all in the trash. He has no righteousness of his own that comes from following the rules and the regulations and the do-gooder stuff. It is through faith in Jesus Christ. Christ alone, knowing the power of the resurrection. It is through this and nothing else that Paul realizes 
that he will have resurrection from the dead when he places his trust and faith in Christ alone and not the external things. So I hear what Paul is saying here. I understand. I've been in church my whole life. You know, I never remember not being in church. I was baptized in, with an, as an infant with rib, water from the River Jordan. You know, ho, ho. Uh, I went to Sunday school. Uh, I went to church. I was in what they call communicants class. That's the Presbyterian version of confirmation class the Methodists have. Uh, I, I, I took the, uh, became a member at the age of 12. I, I was a deacon when I was 18 in that church. Carrie and I went to a Methodist church a couple years after getting married. And shortly thereafter, I was on the administrative council. I led the youth group. I taught little kids Sunday school. I taught adult Sunday school. Uh, uh, God called me into ministry, so I went to seminary. I served three churches. Then we entered a call to come and start this faith community here in Middletown. Over the years, I've, I can't tell you how many um, uh, weekend retreats I've led. I've uh, uh, walked to uh, uh, the uh, Emmaus weekends and the Chrysalis weekends. I, you, know, you get these little pictures. I don't know how many I've had. And I'm saying all this not to brag. That's not the point at all. Um, I'm just saying I've been in church my whole life, pretty involved, but none of that means a thing. It doesn't mean anything in terms of my salvation. Not one lick. Because it's Jesus and Jesus alone that brings salvation. Uh, if Jesus isn't number one in my life, if Jesus isn't Lord and Savior, none of that else matters, does it? It's all garbage, just like Paul said. And so Jesus is my Savior, pure and simple. Everything else I do is just a, simply a way of saying thank you. Thank you, and thank you. That's it. I love the fact that I'm Alan's number two. <laughs> because if I was number one, it wouldn't be the way God wants that. So um, that's what helps our marriage stay solid is I'm number two and he's my number two. So the question becomes, well, okay, what about you? We haven't said that for a couple weeks. <laughs> what about you? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? There's Lord. I mean, nothing can come above that. So where are you with all that? Believe, have you taken, really believe that the blood of Jesus when you invite him into your life? Know that when you do, you have eternal life here on earth and in heaven. Sometimes we get caught into the trap of the, well, I did this, this, and this, and it, you know, it's all good. It, no, it really boils down to, you know, if I work, 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 or, or we do all this kind of stuff, and we aren't engaging in the Word of God in Scripture and allowing the, whole, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, it doesn't mean anything. And it all's empty. In the end, it doesn't save us. It doesn't help us through our trials. Nothing. Only Jesus gave his life to pay for all of our mess-ups. All of our sins, everything we do, and then we don't have to be stuck there. We can let it go, 
and strain ahead for the future. Not get caught. I think it's important every day to like take a reassessment. Okay, Lord, I have accepted you, or I haven't yet, but I'm going to continue to try, lead into this, and see what it means for me. To re kind of re-enlist every morning into this life of being a follower of Jesus. Philippians three thirteen through fourteen, brothers and sisters. I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul makes it clear here that he's, he's a work in progress. And, and that's the thing for us to remember too. You know, oh my gosh. I, I've messed up again. I said something wrong. I didn't follow through. I had this thought, blah, blah, blah. Okay, confess it and move on. Don't dwell there. But to obtain, you know, righteousness, we have to continue to align ourselves to God. Perfect one. And Paul says he's working on it, so we can say we're working on it too. And so one thing that Paul does is that he forgets what's behind and he keeps focused on what's ahead. It's a mindset. That's what Philippians is all about. It's a mindset and then put things into practice. He forgets what's behind and strains forward to what lies ahead. Can you feel that straining forward to lie to what's ahead? Barclay, who's the scholar that we often refer, we read, um, to get some stuff for those messages. He tells us that the Greek word that's used here that means reaching out for things that are out in front of us, it's really vivid, like strains for, you know, he wants it out in front of us the way Paul writes. And it feels like this runner straining, straining, straining for the finish line. He's focused on that and nothing else. Our granddaughter, Isabella, she's in Houston and Hard to believe she's a freshman in high school right now. Uh, she was, a lot of you remember when she was born. Um, but anyway, she started track. And so she was doing really well. And I said, how do you like keep running, running, running to get to the finish line? And she goes, I just, I just keep going. I just don't stop. I just keep my mind going. And I won't, I, I look and I said, what happens if it, when it's all over? She goes, I fall on the ground and throw up. <laughs> but, but isn't that true? We just keep going. And, but it's there. And we have this goal. And we just keep at it. So as Christians, what he's saying is forget your, your past achievements. That doesn't mean anything. But just keep your eye. Keep your eye on the goal that lies ahead. Mm -hmm. So let's simplify it. We can boil this down. Basically, Paul's saying, look to the future, let go of the past. Look to the future, let go of the past. Say that with me. Let go of the past. Look to the future, let go of the past. Yesterday's gone. It's finished. Cancel, check, let it go. Tomorrow is yet to come. Train forward for what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look to 
future. So Paul's telling us to forget the past, whatever we've done, whatever we've accomplished, whatever, 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 set that aside and be focused on Christ. Verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. Again, this is a mindset. And if anything in you, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I like the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in his book called The Message, his version of Scripture. He says this, he writes this, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. So remember, this is a letter, and a couple scriptures ago, we talked about the dogs. <clears throat> this letter is a word of warning. He says, he's warning the people at the church of Philippi to beware of the dogs. What? To beware of the Jewish teachers who are undermining the teaching of Christ that Paul is responsible for. He's teaching who are undermining the heart of the gospel, that we are not saved by what we do, but by what Jesus did. Not by what we do, but by what Jesus did. And it's Jesus' death on the cross that, and his resurrection that, that's it, that's it. That's the heart of the gospel. And so Paul reinforces this by telling the believers to stay focused on that, on the goal. Those who want everything that God has for us, focus on it. Total commitment to Christ. Stay focused on Christ. And so Paul speaks to you and me as well. For it's so easy for us to become distracted, yeah, to look away to focus on the everyday, on the here and now, on the immediate. You know, uh, we have a lot of things that need our attention. Families, our homes, our, our church, our jobs, on and on. And, and we do need to give these things our attention. We just can't ignore them. We can't walk away. But, but in the midst of all these things, it's important for us to stay focused on Christ in the midst of all these things, to remember that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> but then you got to remember what the main thing is, right? And the main thing is Jesus. He is our salvation, pure and simple. Brothers and sisters, all rights, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is, in their, be is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, 
From it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Is that good news or what, church? Wow! By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And so Paul concludes this chapter 3 by encouraging the folk in the church at Philippi to follow his example, to stay true to the course, to look to others who live as Paul does, to use them as model and mentor, those who are running the same course, headed for the same goal. On the other hand, Paul warns of thus, warns about those who are taking other paths, choosing other goals, trying to sabotage the people that Paul is writing to. He's warning the church in the past of those who live as enemies of the cross, enemies of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, contrary to everything Paul has been teaching them, everything he's been talking about. He's warned them in the past, and here he is warning them again with tears in his eyes. So this letter of Philippians is, is an encouragement to the church that he founded and that he loved dearly. He's very affectionate toward this church. It would be like if Alan and I weren't here anymore and then we're from wherever we are, we're writing a letter to this church. It would be in tears that we would write. And I would hope we wouldn't have to write a warning like, watch out, you're kind of mm, veering one way or the other way, you know, stay focused. But that's what Paul's doing. He's giving a warning to this church that he loves. And um, that's what this chapter 3 is all about. Love the book of Philippians. Next week we'll be looking at chapter 4. Um, perhaps one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Chapter 3, which is a joke because Alan says, well, you, everything you say is your favorite scripture in the Bible. But, but yeah, but I really like chapter 4. But what he's trying to say to us is, today, are we going to be distracted by everything around us? Yeah, we have things to do. We've, we've, We've got to be, have integrity in our jobs. We've got to take care of our families. We've got to do what we do. But are, are we going to get distracted? Because that's so easy. In the midst of all that, can we stay focused on the prize? Can we stay focused, our mindset, our, on Jesus? Because he's really the one that motivates everything we do. And um, keep Jesus at the forefront of our minds, forgetting what's past, and that can take on a lot of what things that we need to forget, but just press on to the goal to win the prize to which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Remember that we don't earn the prize. We certainly don't deserve it. Gift. It's love. His unconditional love is a gift. We can't do enough for it. It's his gift. 
pure and simple. And actually, it's our choice. It's not going to make us do it. So as we get ready to close this out and during our last song, which interestingly enough is called No Turning Back, that's no accident. We work really hard to connect everything. Um, where are you? Have you kind of maybe veered off one way or the other? Spend some time saying, okay, I'm going to re I'm refocusing. I'm reconnecting. Uh, Lynn and Rock are back there. They would love to pray with you or grab anybody. I mean, we all want to pray for each other. So the question is, where are we? Are we, are we going to try to stay focused and remain focused to release what we've been clinging to, connecting with Jesus now and the new life? offers, choosing to look to the future rather than so focused on the past. We hope it's the future. We hope it's today and on and just let the other stuff go. This is the good news of the gospel. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your message through the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. Both a book of love and encouragement and also making sure that they stay focused. And so, Lord, help us stay focused on the truth on righteousness, on holiness, and on our mission as a church to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Lord, I pray your blessing over each one of us here and those online, that for us there would be no turning back. We would run for the prize. I thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. I give all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.